Hello everyone and welcome to episode 35 of the Made of Things podcast. I am your host, Antonio Maria Correa. This time on the show we have the fantastic Patrick Stickles of Titus Andronicus. We have this conversation at Primavera Sound in Porto and it is already up on YouTube. In fact, from now on, about 90% of the episodes will be up on YouTube first. And you can watch our guests and I in motion and in color, which is an absolute privilege in the early 2000s. So I'm also uploading all my interviews since 2010 that I originally did for other companies uh, onto the Made of Things YouTube channel. So go give that a look if you want. Uh, We have people like Tame Impala, Mastodon, Foles, John Spencer, and many, many more. Okay, so I'm not going to take too long again this time. I'd just like to make a quick note. I was aware that Patrick Stickles had some mental health issues in the past, but my knowledge wasn't too specific. So when I was talking to the guy, we just talked about these things in a general sense. But I have total respect for any mental uh, health issues, and that leads me to say the following, which is basically that I believe uh, that everyone has mental issues to some extent. This is, I'm sure, something you've heard from other people before, but I don't mean this in a dismissive way, Uh, much to the contrary, really. Instead of undermining people's problems and going all, you know, you know, Uh, oh, deal with it, or whatever. Uh, What I mean by this is that precisely because mostly everyone has a bit of everything, we should have more empathy for people that really suffer from these things. So if people could control these illnesses for themselves, you know, don't you think they would control these things? Um, So, you know, just be kinder to one another and try to be some you know, sympathetic and uh, and uh, have more empathy for people that are uh, genuinely suffering. Okay, so now for something that's actually fun, here's my conversation with Patrick Stickles of Titus Andronicus. Oh, and when you're done, don't forget to check out their amazing album called The Most Lamentable Tragedy that came out last year. Smoking involves in uh, back in the U.S. because it's apparently Do we smoke in America. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> cigarettes are still big business. Uh-huh. They're selling fast. They get more expensive all the time, but people still love to smoke them. I don't recommend it to anybody that's thinking about picking up cigarettes. Mm. But boy, once you start smoking them, you just can't get enough of it. <laughs> let me tell you. Next thing you know, twelve years have gone by, but. Whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, t- I'm asking this because over here in Europe, um, a lot of people smoke. Because uh, it's a very, it's very Europe- European habit. Yeah. Yeah. As you might be able to tell from. I like that around. about this continent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. don't make it too hard to smoke. Uh, it's true. It's, it's actually very true. Uh, it's uh, people are working on that, but yeah. Uh, but what's it like for you coming back? You were just here like five months ago in Portugal. It's different because it's a different city, but you were playing Meshfest. Uh, right, last in night. Lisbon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How was it for you? Do you remember? Um, I was there. It was do insane. I remember it? Yeah. I remember playing in kind of a cavernous gymnasium. <laughs> exactly. That's very true. Yeah. It was good, you know. All these, all these concerts that we do, 
been so many hundreds of them at this point. They all kind of turn, they all feel like sort of one big uh-huh. concert, you know. Uh-huh. But I do remember that one because that was the last show we did on that particular tour. Uh-huh. That was like the big farewell. And of course, we don't play in too many gymnasiums like that, so that made it a little memorable uh-huh. and a little crazy at the sound check because you would say something and then it would reverberate along like hey you know yeah. so I didn't know how uh-huh. I think it sounded okay in the end no it sounded brilliant it was awesome it's just one of the most fun shows of well luckily I watch a lot of fun shows because I you know just my own taste but uh, but uh, it was really awesome I really loved it but I remember an episode maybe maybe you were aware of this or not but this kid one of you guys I'm not sure if it was you I don't think so but one of you guys gave him a guitar to his hand and then he just did not know what to do with it and it was like and he was like oh uh, I don't know if I need to turn this in if they want me to keep this and do you guys give out guitars all the no, time? No, <laughs> no. That was our uh, our bass player at that time was this guy named Julian. He's not with the band any longer. He's gone on to a I, went, I wonder why. Because <laughs> he gives away instruments. Right. Well that was his that was his, the last tour that he did so that was his last performance with the band and I think he was trying to like make some kind of gesture some kind of like thing like about beginning his new life Mm. I don't know I wouldn't have done it personally you know once I have a guitar I like to hold on to it as long as I can you know they cost money after all but yeah you know, he was always kind of a wild card. You never knew what he was going to do. Just handing out guitars at the, at the end of shows. Uh, I, he, he only did that the one time, but that wasn't the wasn't the craziest thing he ever did. Sure, sure. sure. Uh, I've, um, so this is the last uh, show of this, this tour as well, right? That's right, yeah. So maybe we can expect... No, I'm just joking. Nah, I think so. I think he wanted to save money on his flight back home where they make you make you pay more to check the guitar at the airport or something. I don't know, but I think everybody's going to keep their guitar at the end of this one, yeah. There was a, a, a young lady in the front row. Not that there was many rows at the sound check earlier, uh-huh. but she turned up for that, and she was trying to get everybody to give her their guitar pick, which oh, is not yeah. as much of a as much of an investment. A dent in the finances. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we can, <laughs> yeah, I got a few hundred of those, so no big deal. What's I'm I'm curious. What do you guys you guys work at Shea Stadium? It's a venue, right? Oh well, I've I've retired from active duty at Shea. Stadium as of the last year or so, but uh, our bass player RJ works there very often as Uh a sound engineer. Okay, but it's it's very special place. But it's more like for young people to hang out Uh at, you know. Okay, I'm an old man now. I don't need to be at the (laughs) at the rock club with all these new bands. You know, these 20 year old kids with their new fresh sounds. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I'm sure they're fantastic, (laughs) but you know. Everybody gets to that point in their life when they don't understand what the kids are doing anymore with their music. But I'm sure it's great. They seem very happy. 
you, do you find that there's like a lack of melody, for instance? That happens to me. Like, what? What is? You, why? Why is? Why isn't there any melody? I mean, even for instance, like there's me- melody in black metal to me, for instance. It's very hidden. There's melody in boredoms. Uh, there's melody in noise and you know Hanatarash and stuff like that. It's very very harsh. But there's melody in there. There's you know one of my favorite ba- ba- bands is Flying Lutenbachers, and the it's they're not very well known. But it's uh, the uh, Weasel Walter from from uh, insane dude who plays with uh, uh, insanely good drummer plays with Lydia Lunch, and uh, and uh, it's very hectic. It's a cross between free jazz and black metal. But it seems to me like there's no question where, where I'm where I'm going. <laughs> I haven't dug myself a ditch, but it's uh, basically I feel like there's sometimes lack of melody in new stuff. It's just like style. Do you feel like that as well? You mean like how a band will get up on stage and it's just like. 30 minutes of some vibe mm. or like they're like just running through every particular like trope or cliche of whatever era and music that they're trying to embody and they don't really have any real memorable tunes and they don't really have anything to say and they're just kind of up there going through the motions no I don't think that I don't think that anybody <laughs> does that I think every band is wonderful uh, sure of course I'm not I'm not shit talking anyone nah no, me neither of course much, much love out there <laughs> of course, <laughs> of it's, course. Per- it's perfect right. every band is awesome Awesome, <laughs> fantastic. But you mentioned, uh, uh, but uh, for instance, uh, the Shea Stadium thing. Uh, were you there while you know I'm wearing a super chunk, uh, super chunk T-shirt? Were you there and your label mates as well? Uh, were you the there? The boss. The boss. Oh yeah, don't yeah yeah. The boss. That's the boss. The boss. Yeah, it is. Uh, were you there when the guys uh, shot um, uh, the uh, shot the video for Void? Yeah, for, for Void. Yes, I was there, and in fact, Super Chunk played two of my guitars when they were miming to the song. And a few of my friends were in that video too, like uh, the band Lost Boy uh-huh. made an appearance uh-huh. in that one. So, very special video, very good representation of the space, and a great look for the awesome band awesome. and the lovely people <laughs> to whom we owe so much. And the great, great, great boss. The best boss the best around. Boss. Actually, he was on my show, but uh, not long after you guys played Lisbon. After actually, so extremely nice, Mac. Uh, uh, no, 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 jo- no, no, no joke, and you know, uh, no joke at all. Right. No, just very, very extremely nice. Mac is great, but Mac, let's not forget yeah. Laura. Yeah, of course, of course. She's Laura. really the one that I answer to. No offense to Mac, oh. he's wonderful. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But Laura's Laura is more the hands one. on, is, is she? She's oh. the best. Oh, she's best in the world. Uh-huh. Kisses out to Laura. I, I, I don't know Laura personally, but there you go. My, my, my internet kisses or something. Uh, but uh, what's, the, what's the most lamentable tragedy of them all, really? What do you mean? It, I mean that... Uh, like that album that we made? That's yes, what you're like that album to? that you made. Yes, I am. Is there any other than what you go through in the album? Um... Not to push well, on the spot. Kind of the point. The point of that. One of the points, anyway, of that album title, you know, being uh, quite superlative as it is, the most lamentable tragedy, even though it's just a story about personal struggles of mm-hmm. one person. You know, I guess. So, like, how could you say, you know, that one person's personal struggle is any more painful or tragic than anybody else's? You can. So. I guess my point was that 
people in life only ever know their own personal pain and as much as you know we might try to emphasize with others and look around the world and say oh they've got it so much worse than I do even if that may be you know objectively true as far as we can see you know ultimately your own personal pain is the one that means the most to you and that's why we're such a selfish and ultimately unfeeling discompassionate species <laughs> sure you know uh-huh. so it's kind of a, a bit of a self-deprecating uh, you know woe is me kind of statement hmm, sure sure but you can always you because could, the, the main character in that story is quite stuck up and self-obsessed you know what I'm saying okay so of course this main character would think that their thing was the biggest deal in the world when really it's not uh-huh. Uh-huh. okay but so because uh, it's um Because you never, you know, some people tend to undermine the, uh, each other, other people's problems. Because oh, I have this, so you, you, what's your problem compared to what I'm having? But you never really know. It's always so, sort of, you know, no. of, so subjective, really. Absolutely, yeah. Pain. Nobody ever knows the intensity of another person's personal pain. You know, uh-huh. so who's to say who's really? better off than the next one uh-huh. you know when it comes down to how they feel it's a big mystery you know it can't ever be quantified mm-hmm. we don't know uh-huh. we're very disconnected that way uh-huh. we're all totally alone basically mm-hmm. trapped in our own consciousness mm-hmm. know what I'm saying absolutely especially if we're like if imagine when you're 14 or 15 or 13 you had your first crush on someone right. and it's and you're very in your you're in a very comfortable state usually because usually people have parents and have people to care for them and tend for them and tend for their basic needs and are not busy with uh, the doldrum of uh, everyday life and uh, and they're uh, concentrated on being you know a kid or we're growing up and stuff stuff like that and then all of a sudden you get snubbed by the people person you like and it feels like the worst exactly yeah well teenage feelings are very dramatic and often seem like very big big deal things but I guess that's why teenagers are usually the people that are into rock and roll music you know Mm -hmm. so I couldn't it's a great thing for me you know as long as they keep feeling these intense feelings you know hopefully that I'll keep them bopping around for a little while longer And it's and it's uh, it's a uh, and they and they come back, don't they? Those things, like even if they're not a thing anymore, you're okay with them. Sometimes you're in a dream and you wake up, wake up and oh, I was thinking about fixated on that. Still, this that happened to you too. Oh yeah, well, to you, you too. Know, I'm sorry. We people people have very complicated emotional inner landscapes. Mm. You know, and you know our emotions and our cognitions are often very separate things. Mm-hmm. You know, so even if we can explain away some feeling on like a logical level, you know that doesn't necessarily always correlate to how it feels inside. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what a lot of people misunderstand about like depression and other forms of mental illness. You know, where everything seems to be. Uh, you know, just perfectly fine and okay on the outside, you know, that, and uh, that doesn't necessarily always translate to the interior climate of a person, you know, the way that they're feeling. That's what can make it so frustrating when our emotions are not in sync with our cognitions, mm. but they're often not. 
You know, and it's and sometimes it's untraceable, and sometimes it's undetectable by others. It's really, really difficult to have some some. So a lot of people don't have empathy for that sort of thing. It's really, you were working on it as a as a species, I I would say, or as a culture. But sometimes yes. it's, it's a lot of times it doesn't happen. It's a lot. I believe that a lot of it went undetected until very recently. I would yeah. say a lot of people had it and suffered. Well, we're very unempathetic mm. in general. I guess that's because most people would prefer to just get on with their business, you know, and pretend like everything's fine, like even people that maybe are tormented inside in some way, you know, would still prefer to just say this is just normal life and, you know, there's nothing more for me to do than go to my next day's work. And, you know, these things so often get covered up with, you know, drugs, alcohol, or whatever other kind of, you know, temporal distraction people want to engage in, you know, whatever it takes to, to numb them, whatever it takes to dilute and water down, you know, their feelings, just so that they can get on with the next thing, you know, because uh, confronting the underlying despair of life can be a very painful thing and a much Absolutely. bigger thing to do than just numbing yourself and killing the pain for one more day and slogging through life that way as so many of us do. Yeah. Even I've done it from time to time. You know? sure. Sure. Might even get back to it tonight. You know? <laughs> yeah. it's a, uh, end it's of a, tour, book ending. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Catalyzing, I know... Um, Shape-shifting or some, something like that. Yeah. Uh, not shape-shifting. That would be weird. <laughs> I, mean, I meant something else. So uh, Emotionally shape-shifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Way better. Kind of weird. Uh, still. Uh, so, no, Works uh, for me. I'm, I'm joking, of course. Um, um, this show, we're basically at the end of our time, but uh, this show is called Made of Things, and it's based on the assumption that, well, you dedicate yourself to music because, you know, something happened that made you really want to do it forever. Did you, did you uh, or while you were watching something or reading something or playing an instrument or something uh, did you have that and what was it like I want to do this forever really a moment that made me want to do it forever or the most I can or something dedicate myself to this this is what I'm going to do well a moment or more I don't know if you know I ever necessarily said that I wanted to do it forever or you know by the time that I decided I want to do it, I you know came to the point where I thought I would do it forever you know maybe snuck up on me <laughs> a little bit but I think that you know more than any one you know eureka moment in my life you know it's just like You keep it going from, like, one event to the next. You know what I mean? And hopefully this show that we're about to do will be enough of a thrill, you know, either for myself or for the audience, that it'll carry us over to the next concert, whenever that is. You know, and we'll just kind of live day to day that way. You know, and, like, just be try to be grateful for every new day that you get to do it, you know, that you get to live the life of the artist, you know, each day is a gift that way, you know, but uh, that's how you got to take it, you know, in these little increments, you know. But you did pick up a, gu a guitar, for instance, because... Re I, I mean, I'm not, absolutely, for sure. But you, the, the, when you picked up a guitar, you really wanted to, for instance, play something. Uh, I don't know. Or you just felt like, you know, that's the question is also regarding that, for instance. Do you remember, like, what made you pick up a guitar? 
Uh, I first started to learn to play guitar because my brother knew how to do it. My older brother, sure. Brendan. A Hi, great Brendan. guy. Dude, I admire to this day, but at the time, especially, you know, uh, me being just like, he's about eight years older than me, you know, so he learned, was learning how to play the guitar and picking up a few chords when he was like, I don't know, 16 or 17, and I was eight or nine, and I was like, wow, that's awfully cool, and then, uh, you know, once I got to be old enough and started to get interested in music, pulled his guitar out of the attic, it only had one string on it. <laughs> at the time, but I learned how to play a couple little things on that string. Uh-huh. You know, Smoke on the Water uh-huh. was one, and Blister in the Sun by Violent Femmes was another one, and uh, you know, from there, got the other five strings on it, and you know, I guess the rest is history. Okay. Here we are, you know, 17 or 18 years later, right. just happy to have all six strings. <laughs> and, and writing awesome music. That last album was fantastic, too. You say so. I do. I, I do. I do. I do. I do. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks for your time. Thanks. And Thank have you. a great show tonight. It was lovely meeting you. Great to meet you. Great to meet, great meet you. Dude. Thank you. That's it for this time, guys. Thanks for listening and subscribe to Made of Things on YouTube. We have a channel, it's packed full of stuff, so uh, that's what you want. You want to spend your whole life listening to other people. So, no, this is a chance to learn and uh, learn. It's a chance to engage and it's a chance to, you know, feel closer to artists that you love. And once you're done, catch up on your sleep or something for once. Thanks for listening. Bye.